there, and good day to you, and welcome to this episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. I am Edward, otherwise known as the Lightkeeper, depending on whatever social media you might have stumbled upon me and this wonderful podcast on. So this week, we're going to kind of kick off a two-part series that I am calling Unmasking the Dark Side. Now, this isn't Star Wars related. We are not going to be taking the mechanical mask off of Darth Vader to reveal the human within so Luke can see his father. And I've always wondered, uh, I don't know, if, if you're not from the States, you may not you may not know who Maury Povich is, but he had this, I don't know if he still does or did have, um, I um, a talk show, a TV talk show, and he was famous for giving pregnancy tests and then at the end of the episode having the big reveal and it would be like, Luke, uh, Darth is not your father or, you know, Darth is your father and, you know, oh, the audience would just be like amazed. And in fact, I did see something recently and that's why I paused because it just like clicked in my head that either he or one of his heirs, because he seemed rather old at the time, but perhaps he is still doing well. I hope he is, if he is here, um, that um, they are branding pregnancy tests out there in his name or using his name and likeness on pregnancy testing. So anyway, the Unmasking the Dark Side, the idea behind it, once again, is not pregnancy test. It is not Star Wars, but it's just to talk about some of the things that in the lifestyle perhaps we don't we don't necessarily talk about enough like common common boners that gets pulled they get pulled in the lifestyle and it's always fun to be able to say the word boner and not refer to a gentleman sausage uh so it's just 25 we're going to start with 25 common mistakes today that happen in the lifestyle and so we can try everyone can try to avoid them so we don't repeat the mistakes of other people. And then next week, we're going to go on the, the opposite side of the mistakes, and we're going to talk about 25 ways that you can, you know, keep your relationship amazing and awesome and energized. So that's kind of the dark side, talking about our, our mistakes and also talk about what works. So that's that's the plan. And so let's kind of jump into it. Um, and First of all, we're all human, so we're all going to make mistakes. I've made mistakes. In fact, I know that I've got a podcast out there where where I talk about some of the biggest mistakes I've made in relationships. So with that said, I think it's important. Um, I am a huge NPR fan, and there is a show that is on NPR. Um, in fact, I don't even know if it's current or if and I'm just listening to... Um, Rears, but it's called uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's a radio-based game show, um, and it's kind of funny. If it is still on, I do, you know, submit my thing to try and get on to have Carl Castle's voice on my voicemail. Um, unfortunately, that has still not happened, but one of the regulars on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Tom Bodet, and he is a American radio personality, and if you don't know the name Tom Bodet, and you live in the States, you've probably seen an ad for Motel 6 where they'll leave the light on for you. The guy who says, we'll leave the light on for you, that's Tom Bodette. 
So I'm pretty sure if you live in the States, you at least know Tom Baudet's voice. He made a comment that just has really stuck with me. And I don't know if he said it repeatedly or if it was just like that one instance on on NPR where I caught it and it just stuck, which is kind of odd that something sticks that quickly in my brain. But, you know, it's how my brain works. It's kind of like steel. Once it's there, it's there, even if it gets rusty. So he said that in school, you're taught a lesson than given a test. But in life, you're given a test that teaches you a lesson. And so much of the missteps and mistakes that happen in DS are tests that teach us lessons. So we can either go out and we can have a bunch of tests that teach us lessons, which is normally not fun because um, Winston Churchill famously said that he loves to learn, but he despised getting taught. Or I'm not sure if he used despise, but somehow he expressed displeasure at being taught. And life teaches. And when life teaches, normally they're not fun lessons. So let's take an opportunity and let's let's learn. Let's learn so we don't duplicate or find ourselves in situations where things that have been not so pleasant have happened to others and keep them from happening to ourselves. So these are in no particular order, and we're going to kind of go through 25 of the most common, um, which obviously is not a full and complete list because, uh, you know, there are people like me screwing up every day out there. So join me as we go through this little little list of poo bars that happen in the lifestyle. The first is a lack of communication. Um, and it can be from anything from like failure to discuss what you really want um, to your boundaries and to your limits. And this is really important because if you don't share this with your partner, they're not going to know. And yes, it can be hard, especially if you are newer to talk about what you really want. Um, it's very common. Uh, a very common miscommunication for newer people is Somebody who thinks that dominance happens in the bedroom, and then they meet an amazing submissive. And I'm not saying the dominant is any less amazing, but their research into the the lifestyle has led them to believe that it's a um, it's a sex thing, which for many people it is, and that's fabulous. But the submissive is seeing it from a relationship standpoint, more of the lifestyle side rather than just the the sex side, and they don't communicate openly, clearly about their desires, their boundaries, and their limits. And so what ends up happening is you will probably see a post somewhere from somebody today if you howl the kinky interwebs. And there will be a submissive who is upset and hurt because they thought they found this amazing dominant partner and the dominant just wanted kinky bow chicka wow wow and didn't want the rest of the lifestyle. And it happens, but it happens because we have a lack of communication. So it's very important to be able to communicate with your partner where you stand, what you want, where, you know, where your state lines are, so to speak, if you remember those days when that was to describe how far you would or wouldn't go uh, with somebody on a date is where your state lines were. So that's that's a very important reason for failure in the lifestyle. Next up, and this one is so hard. 
and it's often very painful for those involved, and it's ignoring consent. And it typically is the dominant that does the ignoring. However, submissives do do this as well. And consent is like fries. It has to be freely given. It has to be informed. It has to be enthusiastic. And it has to be specific. Um, you know, there can't be any ambiguities with consent. And so it's very... I shouldn't say it's very easy, but it's more common with people who are newer that have consent issues, either in not understanding what they're consenting to, not obtaining clear and enthusiastic consent. Um, when I, and when it comes to like enthusiastic consent, my response to that is, if the consent given is not an enthusiastic hell yeah, it's a hell no. And it's kind of simple, but it's so true. And so consent violations are critical. And that's why it's so important that, you know, item number one, we have good communication because that builds trust. And on top of that, kind of going with it, is our, our next common common mistake, if we will, um, is that people don't necessarily do their homework. They don't put in the time. They don't educate themselves about BDSM practices, safety measures, and the risk. Um, and, and it is great to trust somebody, but sometimes you will find new people trying to fake it until they make it. It's very human of us. And so you don't do your research, but you trust your partner. Well, what if they haven't done their research either? It, can lead to very dangerous situations because even something as simple as spanking, and it's a very common fetish, probably the most common thing you see on the on the kinky webs. Um, and it's easy to talk about here because normally saying spanking doesn't get you in a censorship issue type of situation. So with that in mind, um, spanking is something that, that can be fun amazing, great for everyone, but if you don't know what you're doing exactly or where to spank, where not to spank, you can do some serious damage. So it's very important to do research and understand so that when you give your consent, you are truly giving informed consent. You're not relying on anybody else um, to do that. A quick research story. Um, it's been a while ago now, but I was approached by a dominant who expressed to me he was very excited because he and his submissive were going to explore a mutual fantasy that weekend, and their fantasy is ATM. Um, I'm not going to explain it to you what it is. It, it just let's say if you don't know, go ask Google. You may get some images that might haunt you, scar you, maybe, perhaps, probably not. It's not that bad. Um, but let's just say it's not going to the cash machine, the ATM cash machine, and withdrawing money and going shopping. Um, it has, you know, butts and mouths involved. So the dominant shares that he's very excited that he and his submissive are going to explore this, and he's so excited that she has the same interest in it that he does because it's Something that that is something that not everybody is going to share a desire for. And I said, that is fabulous. I said, now, when you talked about this and you're planning it, you talked about the risks that are related to it, right? And 
they were like, uh, there's, there's risk involved. It's like, oh my God, yes, there are risk. And I said, you know, it's important that you do your homework so that you and your partner understand those risks and you accept them. And he just said, well, can you just tell me what they are? And I'm like, no, no, you, you need to do that yourself and you need to have your partner go do their own research. And then you two need to sit down and then talk about it and say, do we still want to do this? So it's just a quick story about research, but it's so important to do your research rather than having a fantasy and somebody else having a fantasy and yeah, let's bring it to life. But you don't understand what all goes into making that, that fantasy a reality. And next up is something that I have been guilty of in the past, and that is rushing into a partnership. Let's face it, it takes time to build trust. It takes time to build understanding. It takes time. And time is, you know, I've got a little Steve Miller band in my head ticking, ticking, ticking into the future every second, every day. And we don't have, we only have a finite amount of time on this third rock from the sun. And so we tend to want to rush when something is good. We're liking it. Um, we want to just, we want more of it and we want it now. And we want to go get it. And we're, we're conditioned. Let's face it, the way the world works. I mean, Place your Amazon order before, what is it, 10 a.m. and have it the same day for some things. We are living in this world where everything is now, 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 now. And that translates over into what we want with kink and with relationships. We want it and we want it now and we're going to have it now. And that leads to rushing, which leads to not building trust, which means not understanding somebody. And that can either lead to uncomfortable, unsafe situations, or even finding yourself in a relationship and going, how the hell did I get here? And how the heck do I get out of here? So don't rush. There's plenty of time. Think of the lifestyle as a giant buffet. And you can go back to the buffet as many times as you want. You don't have to put it all on your plate that very first trip. So don't rush. Um, another common mistake is assuming roles without discussions. One of my favorite sayings is, what does that mean to you, especially here in the lifestyle? Oh, you're submissive. What does that mean to you? Oh, you said you're a dominant. What does that mean to you? Everybody has different ideas and thoughts, and there's no, there's no true way in the lifestyle. So people make assumptions, especially about roles. Let's take something as basic as dominant and submissive, like we talked about earlier. Maybe the submissive is only thinking that they're submissive when it comes to sex. That's the only time that they're submissive. But when they're having sex, they like to often be the submissive partner. But outside of that, they're not no desire to be submissive. And they meet a wonderful dominant. And the dominant is not dominant just in the bedroom. And they don't say, what does it mean to you? And they suddenly rush, find themselves into a relationship and are going, whoa, this isn't working because, you know, the dominant's like, you said you were submissive and you're not really submissive just when we, just when we have coitus. And the submissive is going, whoa, you said you were dominant. I thought dominance was just in the, the, the bedroom. What's going on here? So it's very important that that question, what does it mean to you? Don't make assumptions. Assumptions lead to, uh, lead to trouble. 
And next up comes something that is my favorite part when it comes to the goodies of the lifestyle. That's aftercare. I love aftercare. That is the best part of any type of playful times is the aftercare for me. Um, unfortunately, uh, there is a couple of common mistakes. First of all is aftercare can be overlooked, especially if you are newer. Um, consider when you are planning your playtime, normally there's a lot of thinking that goes into, especially if you're new, there's a lot of planning and arranging of playtime, and that's great. But that same amount of time you spend planning and arranging the fun, you need to spend in planning and arranging the aftercare, especially if you are in a relationship. Um, now, if you are not in a relationship, this is also aftercare related, but it's very important. Um, aftercare needs to be negotiated, especially if you are just playmates. You are not um, dominant submissive. You're not um, you're not in a committed relationship of any kind. You're just um, getting together as friends to enjoy life's finer moments. Aftercare needs to be negotiated and negotiated very detailed because there are some people who, when they play casually, will believe that they don't necessarily owe their playmate aftercare unless it's been negotiated. And whether you think that's right or wrong, that's just how the world works. Um, so that cookie crumbles that way. So it's very important that if you are just doing the casual thing, that your aftercare, that you negotiate what you need or what you think you'll need. And yeah, and understand how vitally important that is because it can lead to everything coming apart because aftercare is so important. Um, this next one, I hate to say it, but it happens. It happens so, so often. And it's sad. Really, it's really, really sad. Um, that is um, a safe words, not having a safe word. I know that sounds crazy. How can you engage in anything fantastic without having a safe word? Even if you're, even if you're a dominant, even if you're a dominant guy, you need to have a safe word that says, we are stopping this play right now because something is happening. Something that's happening, it could be, I suddenly have to go to the bathroom, or um, grandma's walking up to the porch with uh, cookies she baked, and I've got you hanging from the ceiling in the living room, and grandma's going to see. We can't have this. We need to stop, come back to reality immediately because there's something. Or I'm uncomfortable with what's going on, so we need to stop and have a conversation about it. And that safe word or gesture, because sometimes we are in the world of kink in a place where we have things in our mouths and cannot speak. So it's very important to have either a safe word, well, have a safe word and a safe gesture that is both easy to remember and easy to recognize, uh, whether it's said or gestured, um, it's very important to have it. And if you don't have that safe word, that safe gesture, shame on you because you need to, and you need to make sure that whoever you engage in a relationship with, playship with, that they get it and they understand it. So that is very, very important to have. Um, also linked to that is one of the more common, oh, regrets 
that I have heard over the years from numerous submissives is that they wish they would have used their safe word during during play with somebody. Often it is with a newer dominant, somebody that they are hopeful to enter into a long-term relationship with, and they fear that if they use their safe word, somehow their dominant or prospective dominant will be displeased, um, disappointed. And disappointment is a powerful, it's a powerful emotion. We as humans don't like to be disappointed in the fact that you are trying to win the attention, the affection of somebody, and you fear that something that you're going to do may disappoint them. It's a powerful motivator to not do it. However, do it. If you feel you are uncomfortable, even if you are, since the Barbie movie is out, you are potentially, you know, this person is making you feel like Barbie and you want them to be your Ken. Use your safe word. Use it. Stop and have a conversation. And how you, the prospective dominant or new dominant to you reacts to you using the safe word in stopping play will tell you a million million things about them. If they stop immediately and are genuinely concerned for you, that's a fabulous sign. If they're upset that you used it, that's a huge red flag. But don't ever hesitate to use your safe word if you feel uncomfortable for any reason. It is better to stop a scene than it is to live with regrets. Okay. Um, kind of also linked to that is the use of restraints. You know, a little bondage, a little, 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 you know, tie them up type of thing. Um, once again, this is something that I have done. I have indirectly used restraints. Um, in my case, it has a fun outcome. Um, however, it was costly for me, um, but it was fun. It was, it's a great laugh. Um, the submissive that I was with at the time wanted to be tied up to the bed and uh, ravished by me, and I was all on board with that. They had silk scarves. Silk scarves were one of their things, and that's what they wanted to be tied up with. Now, I was a sailor in my youth, so I knew all the right ways to tie knots that would be easy to do, easy to undo, that wouldn't pull too tight, all those wonderful things. And that's one of the things I disliked about my sailing ventures was that the captain I sailed for made me learn all these stinking notes. And it's not fun for me. So in the excitement, um, say I was very stimulated. After doing one ankle properly, I did the very human mistake of saying, screw this. I'm excited. She's excited. Let's get down to business. I'm just going to tie these knots quickly and get to it. Once we finished the amazing time we had, she had to go to the restroom immediately. Uh, it was a got to go and got to go now. However, somebody, that would be me, just tying knots to tie knots, had pulled these knots, had pulled insanely tight with these silk scarves while we were doing our fun and enjoyment. I'm tired. Ended up having to get a knife, slash the silk scarves, and she 
bolted off to the restroom. And, you know, thankfully, everything came out okay, except the next day, I was a good person. And we went shopping for replacement silk scarves because I destroyed three of the four. So it's very important. And while in my case, it came out just fine because it wasn't anything horrible with restraints. I mean, the worst case scenario is there would have been bedwetting involved, which wouldn't have been fun for anybody involved, for either of us. But there are so many times with restraints where you people are restraining and getting suspended and intricate rope done around very sensitive areas of the body where if you don't know what you're doing, it can lead to all kinds of problems. Um, you know, nerve damage, circulation problems, you know, even, you know, even injury, if you're hanging from the ceiling and a knot is not tied right and you fall to the floor, you can do more than bruise your the bruise the dominant who did the rigging's ego. Um, so it's very important with the use of restraints to have the proper knowledge of what's going on. Um, kind of going along with knowledge is negotiation. Negotiation is so critical in this lifestyle that we have to, if we don't have the skill of how to negotiate, we have to educate ourselves on that skill and learn it um, before we dive into the land of all the be fun because we need to be able to discuss our boundaries, our limits, our desires with anyone before we play with them. Or even if we are in a trusting relationship with somebody, we need to still be able to negotiate and say, um, you can do this, but you can't do that. You can do this, but not that. This, but not that. And under no circumstances will we do X, Y, and Z. So boundaries and limits, so important and so important that we have the skills to do that negotiation. And a lot of times people don't when they come to the lifestyle. And that's something that you need to please if you don't feel comfortable negotiating. Work on that before you jump into playtime. Um, another sad thing that happens in our lifestyle is we talk a lot about physical safety. Like we were just talking about what happens when bondage goes bad. Now, let's talk about something else that we don't talk about nearly as often, and that's what happens when our emotions go bad. Um, not only do we have to protect our our physical safety, we also have to take care of our well-being, our mental well-being. And sometimes it can be as simple as, um, right, I, I blog, I podcast, and Oh, I guess it was about a year. Yeah, it was last summer. I took a month or so off. I just needed a break from it. Um, we all have to take care of our emotional well-being, our mental health, um, to be able to engage in the lifestyle. So it's important to not forget that um, we need to be engaged in everything we need to, to do to keep our physical selves and our mental health going and strong. So don't ever ignore your mental well-being um, when it comes to the lifestyle. Don't don't let it suffer because of the lifestyle or something in the lifestyle. Um, another thing that causes issues and a whole lot of problems, um, you would be amazed if you haven't done it and you haven't seen it, the number of posts that are out there on the internet about people who 
want to use substances during play. I am not talking about going out and having a glass of wine uh, with your dominant or submissive over dinner before you um, say head back to um, engage in some fun. I'm talking about people that um, use things like, hey, I know what would be fun. Let's get all messed up on math and then we'll add some BDSM to it. No, that's not safe. Don't don't do that and don't be with anybody who is doing that because it is very unsafe. Even for example, the the dinner and wine thing, if you realize that your partner or your date has had too much wine, don't play. Um sometimes we can be looking forward to a night of dinner or wine and then fun. But if you or your partner, you sense that there's been too much of the good stuff, uh, of there's, you know, too much glowing grape consumed, just, you know, just, just, you know, postpone play to another day. Because when we are inebriated, we don't make good decisions. And once again, the lifestyle can be very dangerous and it doesn't take much for a situation to go from good to bad. And when you add any kind of intoxicant to it, it really makes that line much more blurrier. And when we're intoxicated, the world's blurry to begin with. So let's just let's just not do it. Um, another mistake that happens um, once again during the physical realm of things, and it's so not sexy. And this is why so many people flub this especially if you're new, it is so not sexy to say to your partner during playtime, how are you doing? Are you okay? Is that too tight? Do you need a break? Right? We, we look at the way the lifestyle is portrayed. You never saw in the Fifty Shades of Movies, I believe, I could be wrong, I've never seen them, but I've never seen any sort of movie or any type of media that refers to BDSM, especially the erotic or um, even romance novels where brain play, one partner says, especially the dominant one saying to the submissive, are you doing okay? Do you need a break? We just don't see that portrayed. So when you're new and you're jumping in, we're, we're influenced by the porn we consume. Let's face it, whether it's actual porn, porn we're watching or word porn, we are influenced by that. And so it's very easy to miscommunicate, to not, not ask how we're doing or to miss the nonverbal cues that our partner might be uncomfortable, might be struggling. So while it's not sexy and it's not fun and we don't see it reflected in the, in the way the lifestyle is, during play we have to check in and it's the submissive you can do it too don't just rely on your dominant um you know maybe they that you sense something's off with them ask them how they're doing it's okay no one is going to be upset and if the person becomes upset say your safe word and get the heck out of there um another common mistake is assuming that under the banner of bdsm it's all the same right a submissive is a submissive a dominant is a dominant and a masochist is a masochist. It's it's all the same. BDSM is all the same. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. We all know it. BDSM is an incredibly diverse 
you know, thing. And it's really a giant umbrella. And not everybody under that umbrella sees the same things or even, you know, may call, you know, submissive. One person's submissive is another person's bottom. And there's no right or wrong way. There's safe and unsafe ways to to enjoy the world, uh, especially the world of kink. But um, it's not all the same. And so it's a it's a mistake to look out for is people that do view everything the same. Um, another thing that happens, and this is more of our vanilla, our vanilla cousins, if you will, um, they will treat BDSM as abuse. Um, everything that happens kinkastically in the lifestyle is done, you know, with enthusiastic informed consent. Um, but there are some people out there in the vanilla world that see everything that happens in the lifestyle as abuse, abuse, abuse. Um, and that is not the case. So it's, it's a mistake when we do bump into those who see what we enjoy as abuse. And it is something that we just kind of have to be mindful of, um, especially if you are trying or working with potentially a vanilla person that you perhaps you really, really, really like, but you also know that you need them to be um, kinky. And so it's something that can happen. They, When you describe what you're into, they may think of you immediately as an abuser. So it's a mistake, but it happens and it's out there. So it's just important to mention that one. Um, another common thing that unfortunately happens, and this does lead to unfortunately injuries, sometimes serious injuries in the lifestyle, is engaging in unsafe activities. Yes, if you know the risk, um, you understand what you're engaging into, that's kind of on you. Um, and I know that probably sounds a little harsh, but it is it, it is a fact of life. But many times people engage in unsafe activities because they're overly enthused, they're new, they're eager. Um, or even going back to my mistake with, with uh, silk scarves, I was overly excited. And had they been anything other than easy to cut silk scarves, um, there could have been serious repercussions. So it's very important to not let our enthusiasm um, that we channel our Larry Davids and curb our enthusiasm and don't engage in anything that is unsafe. Or if we're unsure what exactly it is, consider it unsafe until we are exactly sure what it is. Um, so there is that. Um, Another mistake that happens is, and typically this is the dominant side doing this, um, although submissives can do it too, um, pushing boundaries without consent. Um, yes, dominance, we are pushers. We typically, we like to push, 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 uh, more, better, better, you know, we want to see our submissives blossom and to grow and to achieve all these wonderful things that we know that they can do. And we want to see them just grow and blossom. But that also means that we have to push. Every human occasionally needs to be pushed um, to achieve their best version of themselves. However, we need to push with consent. 
We need to, when we're going to approach boundaries and limits, we need to approach them gradually, um, not be like a ton of bricks getting dropped onto it, uh, or act like a wrecking ball and just slam in there and see what happens. Um, anytime boundaries and limits come into play, it has to be gradually, it has to be done consensually, and it has to be done with a whole heck of a lot of communication. So yes, push those limits, perhaps even if you're comfortable, or excuse me, push your boundaries if you're comfortable. And if you're really comfortable with the person and consenting, and you've had some great conversations, perhaps even consider pushing some limits. But for the love of Pete, don't go there without conversation and consent. Um, uh, another mistake that happens is that we become selfish bastards during playtime, right? Like going back to the story again, when I tied up my submissive with those scarves, I was a selfish bastard. I was so focused on myself that I didn't really notice what was going on with her. Now, during play, when we are being selfish bastards, because um, it does happen to all of us, and even submissives, um, it happens to you as well. You want more, 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 and you might not necessarily be paying attention to how your dominant is feeling, what kind of verbal or nonverbal cues they're giving you. Um, so when we kind of hit that place during our playtime, it's very important that we do not ignore the nonverbals, um, any signs of distress from a partner. And once again, because communication is so important, make sure that we don't do anything that might cause a physical or emotional like trigger that we don't somehow trigger our partner. And our partner has discussed things that could be potential triggers with us so we don't go there. Um, whether it's the feeling the way wood feels against your skin, so not to spank somebody with a wooden spoon. It could be a number of things, or perhaps you're into clothespins, and the person you're with will loves the wooden clothespins, the old-fashioned kind, but the new plastic plastic models are just not are something that, that's a trigger for them. So don't don't lose your awareness um, during during lifestyle fun. Um, another thing that happens, um, in the lifestyle, especially once again, sorry if you're new, um, but it, this is where it happens most of the time is we're so eager. Everything is so new. It's so exciting. And, you know, we, we want it and we want it now that of course we talked before about the rushing, but not only do we rush, but we don't, we like discount the importance of trust that somehow we trust ourselves that we have found a trustworthy partner even though we haven't built trust we've decided they're trustworthy because we really really like them or we really really want to do what they want to do you know they are the perfect top to your bottom everything just seems to be great and we ignore the building of trust and that leads to broken trust and emotional damage. So never dismiss trust. Take the time to build the trust because you'll just end up with broken trust. And that is not a fun, fun place to be. Another mistake that happens is people will 
engage in the lifestyle for all the wrong reasons. No, no, I am not talking about people who come here just looking for some kinky bow chicka wow wow. No, that's not what I mean. For them, that's the right reasons. Uh, typically where this happens is, um, let's say you have been married to your amazing husband or wife for the last 20 years. Yeah, the last year or two, uh, maybe you were bored during COVID, and so you started cruising the internet, and you found a little, um, little bits of kink, and that was you went down the whole kinky rabbit hole, and now you're going to your partner and saying, "Hey, can we add this into our relationship?" And what may happen is because your partner loves you so much that they will say yes. Yes, let's do this. Let's do this BDSM thing. I am so into it. I'm so glad you found it because it fits me too. This is great. We are going to have this going to be a next great phase in our relationship. The thing is, they're really not into it. They are just doing it um, to possibly, they might feel that if they don't suddenly sound enthusiastic and excited for for BDSM, that, that it's going to cause a relationship issue. Um, so they're going to, they're going to try and fake it, and it's going to come out that they are unhappy, and when they do it, rather than having it be something that's joyful, is going to be something that becomes stressful, and, well, you all know where it's going to go. It's just not going to go to a good place. So if you're going to engage in the lifestyle, do it. Do it for all the right reasons, um, and if your partner is really, really, really into it and you're not have a hard conversation with them and, and talk it through. If you've been together for 20 years, you can definitely find a way um, to figure out the kinktastic issues and get through them and find what what is a mutually beneficial situation. I'm certain of it because if you've been attached that long and you really want to stay attached, uh, kink, not kink, is something you can work through. Um, anyway, that's just my thoughts. Perhaps somebody out there who's been married for 20 years can kick me in the pants and tell me I'm wrong on that. But hey, it's my podcast. I can speak my mind. Um, another wonderful thing that happens um, in the lifestyle, and it's sad when it happens, uh, but it's once again that undereducation thing. Um, it's agreeing to take part in a certain scene. Uh, just if you're very new, a uh, scene is... Think of it as a movie scene, only it's kinktastic. Um, a scene is very playful. It's a very playtime, um, kind of scripted around perhaps a fantasy. Um, for example, role play oftentimes kind of comes into play with a scene. Um, perhaps um, you agree that um, tonight you will be the naughty student and your partner will be the stern professor. Um, that would be a scene, um, role playing that out. Um, but really scene is anytime there's there's play that happens. Um, it can be between a committed relationship or it can be casual um, casual playmates coming together to enjoy a scene together. Um, but ignorance of the scene, and when I say ignorance of the scene, um, it just means you don't understand the dynamics of what's going to happen or you don't understand um, the implements or what's going to happen. So the whole thing turns into this convoluted mess and falls apart and leads to a whole host of problems. So if you're going to agree to play and play a certain role, 
understand what you're understand what you're getting into. Um, also, kind of going back to emotional well-being. Never ever disregard or overlook the triggers or traumas of a playmate uh, or especially a partner. Um, let's face it, the lifestyle can be very therapeutic um, when done right. Um, also, at times, if it's done wrong, it can cause triggers and it can cause more trauma or reopen a healing trauma. So it's very important that um, that you have discussions about triggers and traumas with your partners. And if you sense, even for a second, that you might be close to something that's a trigger, even maybe they haven't talked to you about it, but you're just censoring, sensing it, stop. Stop. It's easy. Just stop and have a conversation about it. It might not be sexy. It might not be fun. And that might mean that the fun of playtime might not come right back or even right back that day, but it's the right thing to do. So um, be like Mike and just do it. Um, another thing that is very important um, is to not ignore physical health, right? We just talked about triggers and traumas and our, you know, our mental health. We've talked about that, uh, but we have to talk about our physical challenges. Uh, sometimes we have um, health conditions that are not apparent um, on the surface. Other times, you know, there are health challenges that are very apparent. But no matter what, we need to be able to talk about what health concerns we do have. And maybe it's just a concern. Maybe it's something that, you know, 99 out of 100 times doesn't cause a problem. But you know, that one out of a hundred, it could cause a problem. So we have to talk about what we have going on in our physical well-being and how that could or could not impact what activities and things we are going to, um, going to engage in. And finally, don't be the stereotypical BDSMer. Don't, and when I say that, I mean, don't don't go out there and think, okay, I am a dominant, therefore I am X, Y, and Z. Uh, or I am a submissive, or I am a switch, and all dominants do X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, or you saw a post that says, real submissives do this. And you, you're, you know, new, and boy, that if all real submissives do that, I need to do that too. Don't, don't, don't follow the crowd. Um, be yourself. You know, if, if somebody says real submissives do X, Y, and Z, and you know you're a submissive or you think you're submissive, but X, Y, and Z isn't your jam, you can still be a submissive just not doing X, Y, and Z. Um, remember, there's no right or wrong way um, to live the lifestyle. Uh, there's what works for you, there's what doesn't work for you, and there's safe ways and there's unsafe ways. So do it in the safest manner you can and do it the way that works for you. Um, and through this all, through this whole process, understand that no matter how well-intended, no matter how amazingly good a person is or how amazingly wonderful you are, we're human, so we're all gonna we're all gonna screw up. We're all gonna 
make mistakes. We're going to have missteps. And then there are going to be some times we're just going to plain, totally, completely fuck things up because we're human. That's what we do. So it's important to realize that in your journey into the lifestyle, it's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. Um, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be, mis- you know, missteps and there's going to be some fuck ups along the way. And when they happen, the important thing is, is that we learn from them. And it's also important to try and learn, especially when it comes to fuck ups, learn from other people's fuck ups. Don't, du- don't duplicate them. Uh, it's, it's safer and better that way. Um, the more we talk about our mistakes, the more others can learn from them and not duplicate them. Then we can create whole fresh mistakes to learn from again. Um, but no matter how we do it, let's let's try and learn learn the lessons of the lifestyle um, from others before they happen to us. Um, it makes the lifestyle a whole lot more fun and, and life in general. So I hope you enjoyed our little trip down um, Mistake Alley. Um, next week we are going to um, take the opposite of things that can go bump in a relationship and what to avoid. And we're going to talk about ways to make things better, to make things more positive in a relationship, little things um, other than communication and trust, because it seems like everywhere we go, we are bombarded in the lifestyle with messages about communication and trust, how much more awesome that makes a relationship. So next week, we're going to talk about how to make things awesome. um, Assume with the assumption made that you already have that communication and trust thing rocking. So don't forget to click the follow button wherever you're listening. And I look forward to chatting with you next week where we will be on the positive side of life. So until then, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.